another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us pray. God, we are here assembled together again. And we're humbled in that you let us wake up again this morning. We got breath in our bodies. You gave us a voice that we can speak your word. And God, you let us come here to Cade Chapel one more time. And to those that are online that have now entered into worship with us, we just all need to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, let us focus. Let us leave the worries of the world outside. Let us come down inside of our own minds and let the mind of Jesus take over. We want to worship you, Lord. We want to worship you in truth. We want to worship you with an empty vessel that we need filled back up. And only you can do that for us. God, you made us. And we are so thankful that we understand that we are not here by our own power, but we are here by your power. And we just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now everything that's done here, all the songs that will be sung, all the prayers that will be given, and the divine word that will be shared, let us take it in, but not be so selfish that we keep it to ourselves. But we leave here willing to serve and share with the dying world that the wages of sin is still death, but I know a God who is able. It is in the precious name of Jesus. And all the saints in agreement said, Amen, Amen, Amen. And if you believe as it says, God made me, lift up your voices with us. Anybody here know God made me? <laughs> Come on, lift your voices this morning. Come on. God. God made me. He made me who he I made am. Who I oh, am. God made me. God made me. Is that anybody's testimony? He made me who he I am.
victorious. I'm victorious. I won't be stopped. I won't be stopped. I won't be stopped. I won't be stopped. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm an achiever. I'm an achiever. I won't be blocked. I won't be blocked. I won't be blocked. Say that again. I'm a conqueror. I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious. I'm victorious. I won't be stopped. I won't be stopped. I won't be There's no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There's none that does good. The Lord looked down, looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There's none that does good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity, no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. You have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is in his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. May it be that the Lord add a blessing on the reader and do of his word also. May your word, Father God, continue to be a lamp to our pathway and a light into our path that we may be led and followed thereby. In Jesus' name, may we pray. Father God, we come 
once more with bowed heads and we come, Father, with humble hearts, submissively before your divine throne of grace. Lord, we come in the name of your son, Jesus, because he, he said in his word that at the mention of his name, every tongue must confess and every knee must bow because he is indeed Lord. Father, we come seeking different things in our lives. Some of us seek wealth. Well, God got it because you've said in your word, Father God, that the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. And if you seek my faith, then I will give them unto you. Some of us come for because we are not well. He said, Jesus said that he's a physician. So he's got it. We come, Father God, because we need a friend. I remember the song say, what a friend we have in Jesus. So when we, when we put, Father, all our desires and all our needs together, then God's got it. We don't have to go in, we don't have to go anywhere for anything. I think I remember the old folks saying. Where would I go but to the Lord? Lord, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know where I'd go. I, I mean, if you turn your, if you turn your back on me, Father, you might as well just, I might as well give up the ghost because there's nowhere I can go. I know, Father, that we, we come before Your throne as righteous and. Some of us are sincere, some of us not. Some of us are, are, are truly seeking you. But Father, I ask that you will help that part of us that, that, that don't believe or, or don't have that, that, that steadfast you know, loyalty to you. Teach us how to trust your word, Father. And teach us how to love one another regardless. Those of us, of you at home, whether you're on sick beds, whether you have loved ones in prison or in jail, God's got it. All we have to do is that. He said, I think he said somewhere in the word, and you said somewhere your word, Father, that we have not because we ask not. And most because we don't believe. Teach us how to believe, Father, in your word. Teach us how to be better Christians when we leave this place than we were when we come in this place. And Father, I could go on and on and on and on, but you know, but I was told that sometimes we should be be here, be brief, and be gone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. time we're going to ask uh, teachers of the Sunday school to please stand. Well, officers of the Sunday school. Members of the Sunday school, officers of the Sunday school, please stand. Amen. Well, I'm one too. I got my shirt on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Now, Sunday school is a place that you can uh, learn more about the Bible. You can enrich your lives spiritually by coming and studying with us on each Sunday morning. If you are here this morning and you are not a member of the Sunday school, we invite you to come and share in our Sunday school. You will not be embarrassed, but you will learn. Amen. Please bear that in mind. On this morning, uh, the layman met and fellowship, and we had a special speaker, and the issue that was discussed was uh, prostate cancer. As you know, this is Prostate Cancer Month. And on that note, we are urging all persons, all males, who have not been tested, please do get tested. It's real. I think I heard this morning in the meeting that there, worldwide there were uh, 300,000 people who were suffering with prostate, prostate cancer and about 35,000 here in the U.S. Those are numbers that are documented. You know, some of us don't talk about certain issues. So it may be double. So please do get uh, prostate tested. Early detection uh, brings about prevention. There we have with us someone, some child, I assume, <laughs> I assume, left their purse. I don't see anything in it. No, I don't feel anything in it. But we have your purse. We have your purse. If you're here, if you know that child, please, uh, it'll be here. Please bear that in mind. Now, we have with us, also, before we go there, this is also Sickle Cell Month. Uh, so we ask you to bear that in mind as we go on with the announcement. Of the youth night for the Jackson District Association annual session for the Congress of Christian Education, we held at K Chapel on September 18th, uh, 2023 at 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m. The youth department needs the youth of K Chapel to participate on youth night through song, praise, dance, and by, gre by greeting other youth to participate. Please make plans to attend. The K Chapel uh, Health Ministry recognizes September as Sickle Cell Anemia Awareness Month. During this month, you can find information in the old fellowship hall to learn more about sickle cell anemia. Please bear that in mind. This morning, we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Jody Owens. And we're going to invite him up now. Come on, my friend. Uh, you have two minutes. Please bear that in mind. <laughs> Good morning, church. I have the privilege and pleasure of being your district attorney here in Hines County. And four years ago in 2019, I stood before you and I talked about smart justice. I reminded you that I was a kid from Terry, Mississippi that went to the I Love Jackson State, that went to Howard University School of Law and came back here and wanted to make a difference. But it's funny how God reminds you he's always in control. In 2020, when I got elected, COVID hit and the Hines County I knew changed. The murder rate doubled. It doubled, so the last four years, 
we have almost 500 homicides that we're dealing with. And we had to get a little tougher on crime, remind people that life in Hines County is the same as life in Rankin and Madison County. But also, we serve an awesome guy. We believe in rehabilitation and redemption. I got first cousins who are in prison, too. So we focus on smart justice. And what we've done is made sure we've done over 500 expungements, and we've diverted 1,000 people from the criminal justice system because we know everybody does not need to be in jail and prison because addiction and mental health is real. So four years now, I'm asking for your continued support as we continue to move. We've not been perfect on everything we've done, but we've done it with a perfect spirit because we serve a perfect God. And we know if we continue to work harder, we can get there. Now, COVID's behind us and floods behind us, but right now, even as we speak, Hines County is under a cyber attack. You can't pay for a ticket, you can't get a tag. There's always a challenge. But again, we can meet those challenges if we continue to work hard. Our office, we went to Best Buy and bought 20 computers yesterday just so we can function. Because you need a criminal justice system that function, but you also need leadership that will always stand up and fight for you. So on November 7th, I'm asking for your continued votes and prayers. I do want to acknowledge my wife and my kids who are here with me. Guys, can you still wave, playing? <coughs> they have to share me a lot with Hines County, so I just thank them for going on this journey with me. Lastly, I want to say one more thing. I love this church. I've been here five times this year, and I keep coming back because you guys have an amazing spirit. I love your pastor. I love what you do. Please continue to be this beacon of hope in Hines County because right now only one in four people are voting. Only 25% of us are electing our leaders. We got to do better and the things get better when we do it through the church. God bless you. Amen. Good morning, Katie Chapel. This is the time where everybody in the service can participate. Whether you cannot sing, whether you cannot clap your hands, you can definitely give. I can tell by the response, y'all don't want to give this morning. <laughs> so there, um, this is just one main reason why we give here at Cade Chapel, and that's to continue to build the kingdom of God here on earth. And so we can give three ways. You can uh, give in person. There are receptacles around the building. Uh, we ask that as you leave, that you uh, leave your gifts to God uh, with us. You can also mail it in uh, here to the church. And lastly, you can give by way of our K Chapel app. Uh, there's a section in the app where you can be able to give uh, electronically. But whichever way you decide to give, we pray that you do so with a cheerful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Y'all ready to give? Y'all ready to worship through your giving? I need Kay Chapel to put your hands together. We have a special guest that is ministering with us by the name of Bobby Stapleton. Come on, Kay, put your hands together and give him, give him a good God bless you this morning as we give him praise. Come on and put those hands together like this, everybody. Old song we're gonna sing right here. For he's my rooftop in the range of the storm, y'all. He's my protector. There should never be no harm, y'all. He is the prayer that sits on the table. Yeah, my God can do it. Ain't it truly? I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna Come on. Serve. I'm gonna serve him. I'm gonna serve him. Try my Jesus. 
said, neighbor, I came here to serve him. Look at somebody else and said, neighbor, I came here to serve the Lord. before you with present our offering whether it be our time whether it be our talents whether it be our treasure we ask that you would use these offerings regardless of which one they are to the edification of your kingdom in Jesus name we pray amen I wouldn't have a religion that I couldn't feel sometimes. The Bible said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Good gracious. Psalm 73 and 26 tells us, my flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let us continue to pray for all of our bereaved families, the Walker and the Quick families. Recently have lost loved ones. Sister Brinetta Walker lost her brother, Mr. Walter Quick, who lives in New York. The funeral arrangements are incomplete at this time and will be shared when they are made available to us. In the hospital or nursing home or in rehab, we have Representative Alice Clark, Brother Willie Burse, Brother Herman Porter, Brother Joe Lowry, Sister Rosemary Stuckey, Brother Charles Hodge, and Sister Wilma Jean Chaffee. Recovering at home, Brother Eddie Dawson, Brother Larry Bingham, Sister Annie M. Alexander, Miss Jessica Lee, Reverend Leroy Harrington, Sister Bonnie Scott, Brother Melvin Scott, Brother John Sanders, Brother Kavara Collins, Brother Aaron Thompson, Jr., and Brother Jerome Thompson. Those related to church members that are asking for prayers of the church, Miss Adrian Jetter, Miss Levinci Clark, Mackenzie Nathan, and Mr. Melvin Scott. And we ask that you continue to pray for those in long-term care as you see their names up on the screen. Before we have prayer, we do have a thank you card. This is to the Cade Chapel Church. As high as the sky is above the earth, so great is his love for those who honor him. A single act of kindness can make a world of difference. So thank you 
for making a difference in our world. And this is from Sister Sarah Cooper and family. Let us have a prayer now. Father God, we come to you as humble as we know how. This morning on behalf of those that are sick, those that are shut in, on behalf of those that are in hospitals, nursing homes, and rehabilitation centers. Father, we ask for your mercy. Lord God, we ask that in your own miraculous way, let them know that you have not forgotten about them. And then, Father, we ask that you would touch the hearts of every member, everyone under the sound of my voice, that they would give comfort because we know you said that your hands and feet are the hands and feet of your people. So Lord, put it in our hearts to comfort those that need comfort. Lord God, we asking for your mercy. We asking for your grace. Give them the strength to endure these times of bereavement and Father God, those that are taking care of the sick and shut in, we ask that you will have mercy on them and give them the strength, give them the stamina, give them the patience to keep on doing what they do. And Lord, we will forever give you all of the praise and all of the glory. And all the people of God said, amen. 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 Just don't forget to pray when you can. Visit where you can in every day of your life. Thank the Lord God that you can.
Let's go back to the bridge right here. When I call, Everybody has their own song to sing. No matter your situation, you have your own song to sing. So wherever you go, whatever you do, remember, when you call on his name, when you call on his name, he will answer. Amen. 
Pastor Buckley in his absence, to Pastor Emeritus in his absence, to my co-laborers in the gospel, to you, my church family, and those of you watching online, good morning. Today is a very special day for me. Because three years ago, about three and a half years ago, I didn't see that this day would be possible. And I just want to say thank all of you, to thank all of you for your prayers. I'm not 100%, but I am that. Praise God. If you will, and you have your Bibles or your electronic devices. Turn with me to Psalm 14, and I will begin reading at verse number one. When you have found it, say amen. amen. If you need more time, just say wait. All right then. Psalm 14, beginning with verse one. The fool has said, said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread and call upon the name of the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion, when the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'd like to speak briefly from the topic, the dangers of unbelief. The dangers of unbelief. Born in Dover, England in 1850, converting to Christianity at the age of nine, in 1871 immigrated to the United States. In 1875, met and married her husband and moved from Ohio to New York where their daughter Lily was born. The story has it that while visiting the Long Island Sound, with her husband and daughter, they heard a loud scream, the scream of a drowning boy. Her husband, without hesitation, raced to help save the young boy. Tragically, all this woman could do was stand and watch as her husband and the young boy drowned. It has been said that while in the midst of her pain and suffering, after much prayer and a lot of tears, 
She turned to the one thing that was constant in her life, her Savior, Jesus Christ. It was at this point that divine inspiration began to stir within her soul that the lyrics to this, this hymn was born. The lady's name was Louisa M. Steed. And you will find this song listed as song number 292 in the New National Baptist Hymnal. The name of the song is, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Now you may ask, why the history of this song so important? It is because all summer long, you have been treated to the book of Psalms. The Psalms were introduced to you as a sermon series called the Summer of Songs. These songs covered a wide range of experiences and emotions and gives the believer the opportunity to express these emotions and to bring these experiences before God. Psalm 14, that was, has been credited to David as the writer, just like song, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, was written out of pain. The pain of knowing that so many of his enemies did not believe in God, and out of their unbelief comes sin and evil treatment of others. Here in Psalm 14, David addresses the issue of non-belief, better known as atheism. Wikipedia's definition of atheism is an absence of belief in the existence of deities. In other words, in this case, the non-believer does not believe in God. But now, believers also participate in a form of atheism. It is called practical atheism. It is when a believer for a moment, just for a moment, forgets God's law. God said, an example of that is, God said, vengeance is mine. And instead of relying on God to handle a situation, you took it upon yourself to get even. The difference is, as a believer, you recognize God as your refuge. So you ask for forgiveness and move on. David starts out in verse 1 saying, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. David is talking about those who simply deny the existence of God. Even though the non-believers acknowledge the existence of the earth, the trees, the grass, the flowers, the oceans, the mountains, all that was created but does not credit its creation to God. Because they can't see God, they believe that if I can't see it, I don't believe it. If I can't touch it, I don't believe it. If I can't touch it or see it, then it does not exist. But Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If a man has foolish thoughts and does foolish things, David calls him a fool. The non-believer does not want to, nor does he have the desire to seek God. They completely deny the existence of God despite all the evidence around them. There isn't any person who seeks God from his or her own, his or her own initiative that isn't a one of us 
that out of our goodness, the goodness of our heart, want to pursue God. We had to go through some stuff. And it was only when we realized we could not change the outcome of our situation or circumstances that we started to seek God. It was only when did it was only then did we look outside of our abilities for a supernatural ending, an ending that would put our lives back on track, back together, back where we were before the trouble came. We tried everything we knew to do, and when our way did not work, it was only then that we called on the name of the Lord. Now David continues, David continues, he says, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Here David is talking about his enemies. But there are some people who may say that does not apply to me. I'm not a correct per co corrupt person. I've been a Christian all my life. I've never taken a drink. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never looked on another man or woman with lustful eyes. Never use some of those four-letter choice words. But now, if that's you, if that's you, and God allowed a non-believer to cross your path, and you had the opportunity to witness to that person, if that is so, if that is you, saying you have never done any of those things, then you can't help that non-believer. You see, here is a non-believer, and you are trying to convince him there is a God and you offer no life proof. Remember, he is one that does not believe unless he can see it or touch it. And here you are trying to convince him that there is a God when saying you've done none of those things that claim you claim are wrong and you do so with no evidence. You see, you offer nothing that he can identify with. But see, now if that's you, don't raise any hands, but if that's you, let me talk to you just for a minute, just for a minute. You see, while saying you have not done any of those things, if you think you are far away from the person you used to be, you believe you are so sanctified and Holy Ghost filled, let me show you how a non-believer will expose you. Let somebody come along and push the right buttons. That's all it's going to take. It's for somebody to come along and push the right button. You don't believe me? Let somebody come along and say something about your mother. Let somebody cut you off on the interstate when you are running late for work. Let somebody scratch that new car you just bought and don't even have 100 miles on it yet. Let any of those things happen, and I promise you, I promise you, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, you will be right back in that old state of unbelief. All the work and all the progress you had made in becoming stronger spiritually will be gone. For that moment, that old man that you said had been crucified will come alive again. You will find yourself saying things that you normally would not say and you do things that you normally would not do. But when it comes to witnessing to a non-believer, I need somebody that can tell the non-believer from experience what the road ahead is going to look like. I need somebody that can tell him that in, 
if he starts to follow God, that the road he'll have to travel may not look any different from the road he's on now, except God will be with him. You see, I need somebody to tell him that when he stumbles and falls, God will be there to pick him up. When he starts to sink in a sea of trouble, he won't drown. When he has a mountain to climb, God will be there to see him through. You see, I need somebody that went out on Friday night, raised some hell, and didn't get home until Sunday morning. I need some people that have done some stuff, some people that have been through some stuff and don't mind telling people about it. Somebody that is willing to put themselves out there, tell the non-believer of the things they've done, and show him that God didn't destroy you for it. Somebody who is willing to roll up their sleeves and show the track marks from drug use and how rough the road to recovery was, but God was leading. Somebody that is willing to tell the truth about how they cheated on their spouse and how God restored their marriage. You see, only the people that have been through some stuff will recognize the true and living God and the consequences of unbelief. And if you aren't willing to tell of your past, then you can't help the non-believer with his issues. Yeah, he can see the moon, he can see the stars, the trees, the grass, the mountains, the ocean. He can see all of that. But you show no evidence there is God, there is a God, and that God saved your life. Why? Because you're telling people you've done nothing wrong. Now again, now again. If you are that person, if you are that person that said, I've not done any of those things, let me help your Holy Ghost feel self with something. There is no need to be ashamed and pretend or try to hide the stuff you've done. You may not have done the things I just mentioned, but you have done something. Because the last time I checked, the God I served left a word to remind us in Romans 3.23 that says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. To a non-believer, a person that had done some stuff should be able to walk, or willing to walk him, the non-believer, through their life to the point where they decided to follow God. Now, you don't have to tell everything. You don't have to give all the intimate details. But the non-believer must see a genuine desire in you to know God. And that you have allowed God to lead you, to direct you, and to call the shots in your life. But now understand this, understand this. The non-believer does believe there is some, some kind of effect that took place in the forming of the earth, but denies the cause. The cause. Everything the non-believer believes must have a scientific answer. He does not believe in the cause of the effect. He does not believe that God spoke, which is the cause, and the earth was formed, which is the effect. He does not believe God spoke, which is the cause, and light was formed, which is the effect. He does not believe that God spoke, which is the cause, and the heavens was formed, which is the, the effect. What the non-believer doesn't understand is that nothing just happens. 
Something must cause it. There must be an outside force that causes effect because without cause, there is no effect. That brings me to my first point, the first danger of unbelief, and that is you should guard your heart. Do not let your faith fail. Verse 2 said, the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Remember when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and was meeting with God, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, Moses was gone so long that, it, that the people's faith failed. Their faith failed because they didn't trust God to take care of Moses in the 40 days he was gone with God, saying no man could live up there without food and water. So what did they do? They made their own God, a golden calf, and they worshiped that image. It didn't take long for them to turn to their old ways of worshiping an idol God. It didn't take long for them to give up on God, that the God that brought them out of Egypt. All they could do was look to the past. What we don't realize is that when David wrote, there is none that doeth good, no, not one, he isn't just talking about the unbelievers. He's talking about us too. You see, we are included in that statement. How so, you may ask? Listen to this. We go through life, never changing our ways. We continue to remain in corrupt ways, never transforming into the image that God has left for us. None of us can say that we have learned our lesson. Many of us continue to play the fool when it comes to our service and worship to the Lord. How often do we accept the blessings of God and yet do not put him first? How often do you take all that we can receive from the Lord but never offer ourselves in return? The second danger of unbelief is this. Be careful not to harm God's people. Verse 4 says, have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? There are those that would have you to believe they are believers. They walk as a believer. They talk as a believer. All the while, in their hearts, they say, there is no God. They come to church just like you. And outwardly, they lift holy hands just like you. They even sing Zion songs just like you. All the while, gaining knowledge of how to destroy a person. And when the time is right, they will attack and do it with the same ease as it takes to sit down and eat dinner. They will lie on you so that you will lose your position. They will talk about you to destroy your character. They will even sabotage your work to discredit you. See, destroying others has become so commonplace that it is, is as easy as sitting down to eat bread. In their minds, they believe that they must destroy others in order to survive. They didn't put in the time. They didn't do the work that was required to get where you are. They can't be trusted, so 
to be where you are, and yet they will go out of their way to destroy you. Which brings me to my third and final point. The third danger of unbelief is this. God's people will not be mocked. Verse 6 says, You have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is their refuge. For those that want you to believe that they are believers when all they are doing is making fun of you because of your faith, they don't understand that when you make fun of God's people, you are making fun of God. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. And I want you to listen to this. Years ago, a comedian during one of his shows painted a negative picture of God's people. Now I want you to listen to what he said. Listen very closely. He said, religion has convinced people there is an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a list of 10 specific things he doesn't want you to do. And if you do any of those things, he will send you to a special place of burning and fire and smoke and torture and anguish for you to live forever and suffer and burn and scream until the end of time. Yet, he loves you. Now, you could hear in the background the audience just laugh. But after hearing that, I thought of Romans 125, which says, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creation rather than the creator who is blessed forever. You see, it is people like this that makes a believer's job harder. In my anger, I went to God's word to defend Christians. But when I examined the text, and here's where I'm fixing to get in trouble, but give me a chance to explain, okay? When I examined the text, I'd have to say that I agree with him on several points. I have to agree and say that he was correct on most of those points. You see, he said religion. But I say the Bible teaches us that there is an invisible man who lit, whose name is God. First Timothy 1.17 says, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be, be honor and glory forever and ever. He does live in the sky in a place that's called heaven. Matthew 6.9. After this manner, therefore, pray you, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He watches everything we do every minute of the day. Psalm 121, 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He has ten specific things he don't want you to do. Exodus 20, verse 2 through 17, known as the Ten Commandments. And if you do any of those things, he will send you to a special place of burning and fire and smoke and torture and anguish for you to live forever and suffer, burn, and scream until the end of time. Revelation 21, 8. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable, abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars, their part will be in the lake 
that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Matthew 13, 42. And will cast them into the fi a furnace of fire. They will, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And yes, he loves you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have ever everlasting life. So as believers, we have to be very careful when dealing with unbelievers. The believer looks to the future. An unbeliever looks to the past. The believer's actions will lead, will lead him to heaven. The non-believer's actions will lead him, lead him to hell. The believer honors God in his heart. The non-believer says in his heart, there is no God. What it comes down to is this. What it comes down to is this. If a person desires to remain separated from God through unbelief, if they want to remain in sin and denying there is a God, God will grant that desire. You see, I've come to learn that believers are those people who say to God, your will be done. No matter the situation they're in, in that they will say to God, your will be done. On the other hand, non-believers are those to or those people to whom God says, your will be done. You want to continue your sinful ways? You don't want to surrender your life to God? Your will be done. Because when you reject God, you are rejecting the salvation that Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for. And if that's what they want, then God will honor that decision the, and the consequences that goes along with it. You see, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus Christ our Lord. The non-believer needs to know that the consequences of that decision will last forever. And once he makes that decision, he won't have the chance to change his mind. So after you witness to a non-believer, he should go away knowing this. He should go away knowing who taught the sun where to stand in the morning. Who told the ocean you could only come this far? Who showed the moon where to hide till evening? And whose words alone can catch a falling star? You see, I don't know about you and I don't know what you call him, but I call him my God, my Lord and my Savior. I call him my Redeemer. You know why? Because he lives. God, 
That's a simple song. For you, for you alone, our God, our God. For you, for you alone, alone. We declare today, Jesus, for you. Not only did you touch on 
all three bases. But brother, when you got to the home plate, you stood up on it. You stood up on the home plate. And we thank you for that. We love you anyway. But we thank you for that. We thank God for you. As you said three years ago, we were praying and crying. Would you be with us any longer? Thank you for having the faith in God and you telling somebody else that there is a God. We thank you for that. We thank God for you. And opening up the doors, the scripture says in Romans, the 10th chapter around the 9th verse, if thou will believe in thine heart, confess with your tongue, not mamas, not daddies, not granddaddies or grandmamas, but with your tongue, then thou shalt be saved. And you're in the right place. Because if you go down to the 17th verse, it says in that around that 17th verse, Brother Pat, is that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And you just heard the word of God. Not only that, one other nugget for you that Zephaniah said in the third chapter, the 17th verse, that God will rejoice over you with singing, with singing. The door is now open. The doors are open to you. For those of you that are at home worshiping with us via way of live stream, there should be a number at the bottom of the screen that you may call. But for those of you that are here, you can come. You can come by Christian experience. You can come as a candidate for baptism. You can come with a letter. Not only that, but we have ministers here. If you just need someone to pray for you or pray with you, you can come and be with us on this side. If you're joining us, you can come to my left. But the door's open. The door's open. Don't let it be said too late. Don't be what Reverend Powell just said in the 14th chapter. Verse number one. The fool has said in his heart that there's no God. The door's open. The door's open. You can come. God bless you. doesn't matter where I go or who I come in contact with. I make sure, listen to me, I make sure they know where Kate Chapel is and who we are. As I told you before, I spend every day and I told God because he let me live that I would spend the rest of my life every day making sure at least one person smiles. 
and I'd like to think that I've been doing that. But again, to each of you, to each of you, thank you so much. We're standing. Most gracious Father, we come now thanking you for the blessings of this day. We come, O oh Lord, thanking you that you've allowed your word to go forth once again. And Father, I pray that it would, that it would hang on some hungry heart, someone knowing that they need to give their life to you. Father, we love you and we need you. And we ask that you continue to keep your loving arms around us. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rest, rule, and abide with each of you. Now, henceforth and forevermore, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.